chasing the dream. Chasing the dream is a theme that I think as Alaskans we can really relate to. You know, in the summertime, we're doing midnight runs down to the Kenai in search of fish. And if they're in, I'm calling in sick to work the next day. In the wintertime, we have, like, the Iditarod. And if you ask any good Alaskan how he's feeling, he'll tell you he's living the dream, no matter what the weather is outside. So my chasing the dream story takes place down in the Bering Sea in a little town of King Cove. And I went down there for a two-day business trip to eradicate bed bugs out of a housing complex <laughs> in the middle of nowhere Alaska. And this story takes place the same week as the end of the Mayan calendar. And that's important on two respects. Not only is it possibly end of the world, but my girlfriend's a zombie prepper. And she, <laughs> she watches all the doomsday prepper shows. And for like the last six weeks, she's been preparing for an apocalypse party. And if I miss it, she's going to kill me. So I have to be there. Now, to get there, you first fly to Cold Bay, which is just like it sounds. It's a cold bay. And then you either take a boat or a plane to King Cove across the Bering Sea. And when I got there, I couldn't fly because a storm was coming in, so naturally I took a boat. <laughs> so I get down to the docks, and there's like 14 other people waiting to get on this boat that usually has a crew of five. And the dock's like 18 feet above the water line. I, I don't know why it's like that. But to get down, you then have to walk, you have to climb down this impromptu rebar ladder. And which should be fine, but we have like newborns and infants with us. So it's either lower them down by rope, like our gear, or have like three men grab the ladder and, and hand them down as they pry them out of the mother's hands. And just, you know. And the boat's down there doing one of these, and it's 10 p.m., so it's dark, and it's snowing, but we all made it. And as we head out into the sea, into the black abyss, because you can't tell the tr difference between the black ocean and the black sky, I decide there's definitely not a life, life jacket on board this vessel, and if I'm going to drown, I'm going to do that in my sleep, so I took a nap. <laughs> About three hours later into a four-hour journey, I'm woken up with a thud, and I kind of peer open, and I see a family of five or six huddled together like a scared ball of bait fish and stuff's falling off the counters and the wind's just and I can't sleep through that so I get out the one book I have a collection of Edgar Allan Poe and I'm reading Telltale Heart through the darkness to the to the harbor and we get there and as we're filing out of the cabin I'm last I, I come out and just, I get blown back into the, into the cabin, basically, like Poseidon himself's mad at me, personally, for crossing. And I scamper back out, and it's just blowing, and it's windy, and I hear somebody yell, women and children first, and, you know, I, I, I'm thinking Titanic. And they're, they're handing up babies and bringing up bags that weigh as much as me, and they're swinging like 10 feet across, nearly knocking people off the ladder. So I'm last again. And I get up there, and I meet the guy I'm supposed to, and we drive his rusty old forward to my rusty old bunkhouse. And I tosses me the keys and just kind of disappears into the night. And I, I get up to my room, and as I come in, I notice the windows are warping. They're womp, 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 womp <laughs> from the wind, and the whole building is kind of shuddering. And so I get out my earplugs, and I go to bed. Next morning, when I get into the stairwell, I'm greeted by a two-and-a-half-foot snowberm, which I step over, and 
the door doesn't open. It's frozen shut. And for the next 20 minutes, I'm kicking it, and I'm banging on it, and it just won't open. I take like a break, and on the back of the door, it says, evacuation plan. Tsunami rep, tsunami warning. If you hear sirens, head to high ground or evacuation shelter. I can't even get out the building. I came in in the middle of the night. I have no idea where I am. I never even looked at a map. So I go back to banging against the wall. And eventually I, I squeeze out. I'm so excited and then it's just <laughs> And I, I, I stumble over and I into the first door on my left, which happens to be the cafeteria. So I'm super stoked, because like worst case scenario, I'm coming through the floor tomorrow and I'm not starving. <laughs> so I do my job for the next two days, it goes fine. And for the three days after that, I'm stuck in an eight by 12 room reading Edgar Allan Poe in the middle of January with <laughs> all the time. And I'm going mad. So I decide that you know the party's soon, so I, I'm not staying here another day. And out into the blizzard I go against people's advice that them wolves is hungry this time of year. <laughs> but I, I go and I find Sven, the Swedish harbor master, and I catch a ride back and next morning I get a phone call. Are you on the boat? I said, what boat? <laughs> he said, the one that's leaving. I was like, oh my gosh, I hung up on him. And I just ran and I grabbed my bags that had been packed for three days. And I ran down to the harbor and there goes the Aleutian mistress. And I'm just like crushed. The guy who drives me there kind of enjoys that for a second. Because <laughs> he's not leaving. And then he pulls out his radio that he has underneath the, the truck and he radios the boat. And they agree to swing by the next harbor or the next dock. So we like break land speed records getting over there. And I'm waiting and I realize they're serious. They're going to swing by. <laughs> I'm way up here. And he yells, throw your bags, we're not stopping. <laughs> so I throw them, and I start scampering down. He's kind of chuckling. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, it's funny. You're not going to make it. You should jump. And I look up, and kind of in the distance, I, I see my old bunkhouse with the rusty old door doing one of these. I was like, oh, no way. And so I just kind of toss myself in the direction of the boat and I sort of belly flop on it and kind of try and do a Spider-Man, but it doesn't really work. And I go to kiss it and it smells like fish, so I don't do that. And once again, I decide I I'm, might I'm drown, so I take a nap again. Uh, and once again, I'm awoken about three hours into it with a bump. So even more cautiously, I open my eyes and I kind of listen to the the captain talk about other boats that maybe have not made it through where we are. And for self-preservation, I go ahead and get up at that point. And as I come out, it is the most beautiful day I have ever seen in the 26 years that I've been here. And the sky is clear, and it's crimson red with the sunrise, and the water looks like glass because it's completely frozen over and we're cutting through ice. <laughs> so I think Titanic. <laughs> And I go and I kind of post up next to the life ring, like I'm not scared, you know? <laughs> but we, we make it and we get off and I, I, can't, I make my flight, I make the party, I actually make a sold out Portugal the Man concert. I don't know if anybody was here. <laughs> and as I'm sitting back drinking my zombie Zinfandel at the end of the day, 
and thinking, thinking about it, I thought, you know, I'm a good Alaskan. Because for me, living the dream is chasing it. 